sermon on Luke 10, 25 to 37, the Good Samaritan. Let us be mindful. Let us be attentive to what the Spirit might be saying to us in the hearing of these words. Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And they said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling near him, while traveling, came near him. And when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, This one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. There was a wonderfully titled book some years ago, co-authored by Brian McLaren and Tony Campolo. It was called Adventures in Missing the Point, How the Culture-Controlled Church Neutered the Gospel. Now that's a title. It is, as the title suggests, a litany of how the church and many Christians have well, missed the point on topics such as sin, worship, gender and sexuality, the place of doubt in the life of faith. We might choose other topics for that list. I find much of my work to be trying to undo what many have been taught about Christianity. Sometimes this is a source of great relief and comfort for people. Other times it's a challenge. Surely, though, there are some basic pieces of the tradition that we've gotten right, some stories whose meaning is unmistakable. Rob Bell, a popular Christian author, begins a reflection on the story we read moments ago in this manner. Let's take a look at a familiar story from the Bible, shall we? How about the Good Samaritan? Because everybody knows that one. Well, I'm not sure everyone knows it, but since we've now read it, We've heard it. We know it. Bell continues. It's about the importance of helping people in trouble, right? And I presume most of us would agree. You could make it about that, says Bell, and that might be helpful. 
but you'd be missing the point of the story. Most people completely miss the point of the story. What? How could we have gotten that story wrong? Well, Bell doesn't say we've gotten it wrong. He simply claims this interpretation misses the point, the main message, and not coincidentally, the most challenging point of Jesus' teaching. If we're not careful, we'll conveniently overlook the most challenging aspects of Jesus' teachings, and that's understandable. So let's just review. Let's review this encounter to see what we might have missed and where we might have gone astray. A lawyer asks Jesus about how to attain eternal life. Jesus redirects him to the law, which as a lawyer he easily recites, love God with everything you have and your neighbor as yourself. So far, so good. It's when the lawyer asks who his neighbor is that Jesus launches into a story. Someone is beaten by the side of the road, having been robbed and attacked. Two religious leaders, a Levite and a priest, pass the beaten one by on the other side of the road. Let's stop there. The common interpretation of that story is that these are hypocrites, superficial practitioners of the law who haven't internalized the true meaning of their faith. Though they are supposed to be leaders, they don't get it. And to be sure, Jesus had little tolerance of unrepentant religious leaders who were hypocritical. That interpretation, however, may be wrong or at least wrong on one level. You have to know something about Jewish law to understand it. The person lying on the side of the road, beaten and robbed, was likely bloody. And that is significant. Blood, you see, is ritually impure. That may not make sense to us today, but this was very important to them then person who came in contact with blood would likewise, likewise become unclean, and a religious leader who was ritually unclean couldn't do their job caring for their community. So this wasn't necessarily a selfish act. It may not square with our sensibilities, but the action of these two religious leaders may have actually been intended to preserve their ability to serve the communities which with, with which they were charged. And before we shower this text with outrage, let us consider the abandoned people in our own midst who we allow to suffer all the time. And I don't just mean the unspeakable conditions we're all now glimpsing at the border, but right here in Marin in the Bay Area, one of the wealthiest places on the planet. Okay, so two religious leaders aren't the bad guys or the simple evil characters we like to make them out to be. That makes it easier, of course, for us to escape our own responsibility. But clearly the message must still be then to try and be the good guy or the good woman, the good Samaritan, crossing lines to help others. Indeed, at the end, Jesus does say, go and do likewise. Well... 
sort of, as Bell asserts, if the point of the story was to inspire the lawyer to act a certain way, Jesus would have made the hero a lawyer who violates the law in order to help a stranger. In doing so, Jesus would have shown the lawyer what it would look like for him to do the right thing. I mean, that's how we read it, isn't it? It's our job to help people no matter our other obligations, because when people need it, no matter who they are, we help. I was ready to go all in on this interpretation. I was ready to challenge people to step out of their comfort zones to take care of those in need, crossing whatever barriers and stand before them. And those are good things. I even had a perfect illustration in mind, the case of Scott Daniel Warren. You know who Warren is, right? Warren is a man who is charged with crimes that could land him in jail for 20 years. The crimes? Providing food, water, and shelter to desperate migrants making their way across the southern border. I even had my punchline. We now live in a time and place where being the good Samaritan is illegal. I would have missed the point. That's not to say I would have been entirely wrong. I think Warren was doing the humane thing. Moreover, I think it's the thing Jesus himself would do and would have us do. I know some will balk because of the illegality of the act. To that, we should remember two things. One, migrants seeking asylum are not breaking the law. And two, Jesus himself did break the law, specifically in order to feed people who are hungry. Breaking the law to feed people, you see, is a time-honored Christian tradition and one that should be repeated as often as possible. I'd say I missed the point not because that application of Jesus' teaching goes too far, the one I gave earlier, but because it doesn't go far enough. It's not challenging enough. It doesn't do enough to urge us to expand our consciousness in the bounds of our compassion. Here's what I mean and what Bell means. Jesus makes the good Samaritan the hero, not the lawyer or a person of the lawyer's same ethnic identity or the identity of the likely hearers of this story. And in doing so, Jesus signals that the point of this story is not about our, our own ability. It's not about our own ability to cross lines and help. The point of the story is about cultivating our ability to see and believe that others, that they are enemies, are capable of crossing lines to help us. Do you see the difference? I cannot overstate what bitter enemies the Samaritans were. It's hard to even think of a modern example. 10 or 15 years ago, I would have said, Al-Qaeda, those of you who grew up in the Cold War will have an easier time finding a connection. What's radical about Jesus' teaching is that it features one of them, one of the enemies, exhibiting compassion, basic human decency, and kindness. In fact, it may even feature the Good Samaritan displaying a good bit of cultural competency and sensitivity. Perhaps the Good Samaritan knew something of the Jewish culture. Perhaps they recognize 
why Jewish leaders couldn't help this beaten one. And perhaps that's why they stepped in, knowing a Jewish, leader, a Jewish religious leader couldn't. The hated other becomes the hero. And the challenge is for the hearer to recognize and acknowledge that a Samaritan could be capable of such an act. Helping a supposed enemy is hard enough. Though I think we can all imagine it because we can think of ourselves as the bigger party. To believe that the hated they could be capable of risking helping us, well, that's beyond our comprehension. And beyond our comprehension is precisely the territory Jesus most wants to explore. In telling this tale, Jesus tries to disavow us of this commitment to seeing only shallow, evil caricatures of others that God has also made in God's image. The story offends our sensibility today. And it does so in another sense. You see, we are a people of doers, of helpers. Taking this parable as only a lesson in being charitable reaffirms a widely held cultural story that we tell ourselves, that we're the ones who rescue, that fix things, that go in and make things better. We're the good, the charitable, and the just. Now, there are worse qualities to which to aspire, but they are not the whole story because there's a shadow side to always being the helper, being the giver. Charity also keeps the giver in power. The giver gets to set the agenda. The giver gets to keep the other indebted to them or feeling indebted, having had their debts forgiven. A world of only giving is a world of imbalance, even injustice. For it can be a way of preserving a mythology of superiority. Jesus wants to challenge even our most deep-seated mythologies. In the end, Jesus leaves us not left to marvel at how good we can be, but rather to wonder how good others can be, others we are taught from our youth to hate, fear, and dehumanize. It changes the whole story. Bell puts it this way. Do you see why I began by talking about the point of the story? You could make it about roadside assistance, which is fine and maybe even helpful, but Jesus is calling us to something way bigger and higher and deeper and transcendent. Jesus is calling the man to love like God loves, which means everybody, even those you hate the most. Jesus is challenging the man to extend divine love to those who are the most difficult to love. That's where it's at. That's the answer to the question. That's where eternal life is. One important caveat, and it's one that Bell himself makes, especially in a day and age in which we are finally waking up to the experience of abuse victim. We all know that some relationships are so toxic, so dangerous, that the best thing we can do is love from a distance. Just like you should never be compelled from the outside to forgive, you shouldn't be forced to view someone who has hurt you in a certain way. Part of the way victims get their power back, and Jesus is always about empowering the powerless, is by getting to choose 
when and how they see their perpetrator. That's not letting us off the hook from doing our difficult work. It's helping us do our wider work of service and caring without forestalling it prematurely. There is a time, as our story shows, when we simply have to cross the street so we can live to help another community another day. Now, I know you wouldn't abuse that permission, and so I give it to you freely. As you go forth, it's fine to go and be the Good Samaritan. It's good to go and be the Samaritan. But maybe take it a step farther. Go and learn to see the Good Samaritan. <laughs>